welcome to Useless Content. I'm Carissa Wade. I am Ryan Henderson. And we kind of just talk about movies, music, entertainment, stuff like that. Um, just artsy stuff for artsy kids. And you know, we talk about how we're doing at the same time. Yeah, because you know, that's also important. Um, <laughs> Gotta catch up. Yeah, so a little bit about us, if this is the first one that you're hearing, which it... <laughs> Probably will be at this point since this is our first episode. Um, I'm so, like I said, I'm Carissa. I'm a junior in college and I am studying film. Yes, and I know Carissa. I'm Ryan again. Uh, I know Carissa because we took a couple film courses back freshman year. Yeah, two years ago now. Two years ago? Oh, wow, time flies. Um, I'm no longer a film major, but I am a junior studying advertising at the moment. So. Yeah, and what's actually really funny is that I haven't talked to Ryan. This is probably the first time that we've seen each other face-to-face in over a year. Oh, over, over a, year? a year? Really? You don't think over a year? I've been gone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't here my sophomore year. I studied um, on exchange in New York and then came back home. And so I haven't, and then I didn't really tell anyone. So I kind of was just gone for a year and then came back. Just an MIA. Yeah, but I mean, it's fine. That's kind of what happens when you're in film school because people just think you're working on big projects or there's something, there's something going on. I feel like, I feel like film students are exceptionally busy. There's just a lot going. Yeah, it's very common to like not to like go months without talking to each other. And then when you link back up, you're like, oh, my God. Hey, like, how are you? Like, what have you been doing? Oh, just not sleeping, editing until six in the morning. You know, that's that's where I am right now. I mean, I'm even stressed. I was supposed to be here at four and get here until five. That's okay. I needed a nap anyway. Yeah, he got a cat nap. But I. I'm already, school just started and I'm already stressed out. Really? Yeah. Well, you haven't been on campus. No, I haven't been on campus. But like, are most of your courses in person? Um, It's kind of half and half. They're kind of like, well, now they're starting to get back in person. They're offering that you, it's like optional. You can go in person or you can choose to stay. Um, I haven't, there's, I think there's about two classes I've gone in person. Like the intro to film lab. That's kind of hard to not do in person. Like cameras, handheld, like actually handheld on stuff and then um screenwriting gotcha well yeah because you were you were writer's room i was in writer's room yeah and now i'm in writer's room really yeah oh wow this see that we needed this time to catch up <laughs> i told you ryan's been like it's only been a couple months no it's probably been like it's... a year and a half oh my gosh yeah yeah i mean a lot changes i mean we're, we're recording this at my newer house and um it smells like a crystal store it smells like it. a crystal <laughs> yeah. store why yeah. Is it the incense? It might be. We're calling this house the LED house. The L. Oh, instead of the hype house, the LED house. (laughs) No, in no way are we going to be associated with the hype house. Anyway, (laughs) uh, no, we just have a bunch of LED lights everywhere in the kitchen, in the living room, in this room. Yeah, there's a good ambiance in the room right now. (laughs) Just vibing. Um, But you also, you did something awesome over the summer too. You did an internship. So I went to New York and you did an internship. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I lived in California for, it was supposed to be January through August, but it was cut short. So um, around March, well, I know, I remember the exact day, Friday the 13th of March. Of course. um, Was my last day working for um, Disney. Yeah, Disneyland, California. Just like subtly, just trying to as humbly say that you worked for Disney. Literally just- 
<laughs> you did wait. You were dragging that out. I w- it's, mm, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know where to say Disney, but um, yeah, I worked at the parks itself. I worked on Main Street. I think that it would be naive to not talk about COVID a little bit. Yeah. Because um, it was so that's I got sent home because of COVID. You got sent home because of COVID. And how soon did you get sent home? Um, In March, like early uh, mid-March. So same around the same time. Yeah. And then did you move back here? Or did you kind of spend time there after that? No, just came back home, um, stayed there, lived with my family. Felt like I was in high school all over again. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't wait to move back up here. That was a big chapter for me, too, was moving back to my parents yeah and kind of in that same boat of I don't I don't necessarily have anywhere to go because everything's closed so I just reverted back to to like a high school version of me yeah (laughs) which I mean you know playing video games watching tv is fine but uh it felt weird being older and doing the same things it was definitely like a regression and then did the earliest like move in that I could um up here as possible literally did the first one did you feel like a race to get back up to here? Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. And well, I missed being up here a lot. Like even though it was great being on exchange, I mean, like I missed all like my friends and I missed like being part of the community, like the radio station and the production and like just knowing everybody, the communications building. I finally went back into the communications building like two days ago and I literally was like, I felt like home. Really? Yeah. Well, because I did like, um, I did the broadcasting, I did um, the production, I did yeah, the radio station. Living in there. I yeah. lived in that building. I was like the one that turned the lights out, yeah. like, like leaving. You, no matter what time of day, I feel like I always saw you through those glass doors. <laughs> like I was either in the bullpen or editing, or I was in the, like the like in the booth on like on air, or I was like in in writers' room. Like I was in that from like in the morning to at night, and so it's definitely. But then it was like so weird going back the other day and having it be empty, mm-hmm. like completely empty. I hate that so much yeah I, and I haven't even been back to campus yet but I could imagine that I don't know it, it's definitely gonna be a different vibe because I miss all of the interacting going on in the center of campus mm-hmm. and I miss just things things always happening and I and I don't expect that to be the same when I return I that might be why I'm kind of like not hesitant to go, back. to go back yeah yeah it's definitely I mean for being like in the creative more majors it's this is like really hard because it's like hands-on first of all like you need to have hands-on like classes and courses to know how to for the technical side of it also how are you supposed to find inspiration for any projects right now when you're just stuck in your room all day and then also how do you socialize how do you meet people how do you work on anything I feel like that's what's been the most draining for me and I we talked about this because I was like literally reached out to you because I was like look I know we haven't talked in like a year, but like, I know that we get along. So I think that it would be fine, but like, I don't know how to meet anybody Mm -hmm. and it's like really hard and it's really weird. And especially because I'm a junior, I'm not a freshman, but I feel like a freshman because I don't know anybody, but I also feel like a junior because I know the campus. So it was just like really weird. Yeah. And I'm in a weird position because all of my classes I could take remotely. And so I, I feel you going back to where you were talking about that feeling of regression in a way. Um, because there's nothing to do and everything's closed and there's probably not going to be any sort of concert or um, big thing to go to downtown or 
honestly anywhere in our area for some time. So like we said that we are going to be talking about movies and music mostly on this. Um, Maybe some pop culture references if anything crazy happens um that's like worth talking about but <laughs> something quirky something yeah something fun quirky you know whatever <laughs> keeping up the kardashians we oh, love no. that i mean honestly I'd, I'd be down to watch a season or two of keeping up the kardashians yeah i i don't think i've ever seen an episode really yeah never i haven't and i haven't watched an episode from its beginning to its end but you know there's a certain level of reality tv i can get into so f- movies that are coming out, there is so a lot of movies that are coming out are coming out on streaming services, um, obviously because movie theaters are shut down. But actually, we just had ours open back up, so things we did, are, we did? last week. But um, they're mostly playing reruns, and and uh, I think there's one classic movie playing. There's not that much going on, but you were saying no no well i've been doing um i think this is really good for like drive-ins i think drive-ins are having a resurgence i was going to the drive-in theater all summer really yeah i mean it was like it took it was like a 45 minute drive but i mean there's no what else am i gonna do (laughs) sit in a parking lot (laughs) like have you seen like drive-in concerts and drive-in stand-up specials i have not gone i have not gone to those yet I, I've only seen publicity for it. Like, I've only seen ads. I've seen publicity for it. I've had a couple of friends who've gone to, like, drive-in, like, raves. Drive-in, like, uh, concerts. drive-in rave? Well, there's a reason I haven't gone. How you, like, how does that work? How, do you, how am I supposed to fist bump in my car? Right, right. <laughs> so, I, yeah, no, I don't think it's really... I also, I hate all the, like, the virtual concerts, and then they make you buy tickets for virtual concerts. I'm like, dude, I can just watch this on YouTube. Like, why am I going to pay yeah. to not see you? And if enough people watch it, then just put a donation thing or or some sort of. Well, Post Malone did that. Post Malone did um, like streaming. He for um, he did a whole like it was him. I don't remember who else he did it with, but it's for um, Nirvana, right? Yeah, 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 Nirvana, and then they donated a bunch of money to um, for uh, I think COVID relief. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's why he did it. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but is it on YouTube? Um, I think that it would be. Okay. I can't imagine that it, he wouldn't post it, but he's done so much for COVID relief. He came out with like his whole, like his brand, like Postico, like, um, he is now like selling or at the beginning of the summer, he started selling COVID relief, like packs. So it would come with a mask, hand sanitizer, like just a bunch of stuff and you could order it and it would all come in like a little box. Cause that was like when we were dealing with like the shortages of everything cause everyone was hogging it. So he was selling individual like packs for everybody. Wow, that's really nice of him. You know, the Mulan that's coming out. Um, yeah, that's got a lot of controversy around it. Why is that? Um, so I'm going to put a disclaimer that I don't know much about this because obviously we are American. And so I don't know everything about the Chinese police, Hong Kong police, but, um, I saw, I've seen some things circling around that, um, people from there are saying to boycott this movie because actors in this movie publicly support the Hong Kong police. And apparently the Hong Kong police is something that is very, that I don't, people are controversial about interesting so some people are saying to boycott the movie but i don't know and i don't know enough about the hong i don't know anything about it um but i just i would have never expected mulan to have controversy yeah you would not expect it especially because they've done so well they did so much to make it as culturally accurate as possible like they replaced mushu the dragon with i think if i remember correctly like a phoenix to make it more culturally correct 
Wow. They've done a lot to do it. So that's why hearing any controversy around it, I was shocked. How, what is your stance on completely boycotting a movie for, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be your beliefs, but for just the reason that it would be problematic. Like what's your, what's your idea on that? Well, I think, um, it depends on cause, depends on what I know, depends on um, the stance is what if it's supporting something, who the money is going to, stuff like that. Mulan is also typically a movie I probably wouldn't have watched anyways because I don't like um, live action remakes of certain Disney movies. I feel like Disney is only doing it as a cash grab. And I have a lot of issues with that just in general. I think it's cheap because they're not writing new movies. They're like, let's take this animated movie we made years ago and just do a live action. Like the Aladdin live action was <laughs> a tragedy. But then Lion King yeah, was kind incredible. Of a nightmare. But Lion King was so Lion good. Lion King was good. Yeah. And so like that, it's like, a, it's, <laughs> I know it's a hit or miss with Disney and their live actions. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with who's directing it because it's such a, it's something that's up in the air. Do you want to make a live action shot for shot or do you want to make a live action that's completely different from what you remember the franchise to be? And then on top of that, again, it's a company that it thrives on people recognizing what they're making every time. And even with the release of Disney Plus itself, they're still profiting on our childhood in they're a way. still charging for Milan just because you have Disney Plus really? does not mean you get Milan for free I think oh, it's really? still like $30 seriously yeah because it's premium access viewing or something oh so it's not even like just released on Disney Plus it's like you only get access to it if you have Disney Plus so you have to pay for Disney Plus but then you have to pay more okay so it ends up like I don't know how I think Disney is like 15 a month it's plus $30 so it's like $45 to see Mulan yeah I'll just wait yeah no literally I'll just wait <laughs> I'll wait so. to watch it then we'll talk about it then <laughs> yeah, I don't even I'm very I'm curious how they'll do it. And I think they rewrote rewrote a lot of the music too um for it. We'll have to hear that then. Yeah, because they wanted it to be more um, you know, culturally appropriate. Okay. So um yeah, so Tenet is coming out when Ryan and I were talking about it off mic and we don't really know what it's about because the synopsis is kind of... Absolutely no idea. Literally, I don't understand it at all. It's very abstract. <laughs> um, I know Robert Pattinson is in it though. Yeah, okay. So it says a secret agent embarks on a dangerous time-bending mission to prevent the start of World War Three By Christopher Nolan. Yes. Um, and so... Now we're talking... But what's funny is they, I guess there's, a, they have a character that's literally named the protagonist played by John David Washington. Is that so? Yeah. But Robert Pattinson plays Neil. I don't, I still don't kind of understand what it's going to, it is, but I guess it's very like secret mission government operated, but like also with like time travel, but also like World War Three. I am all about it. I have no idea, but it's supposed to have a in-theater uh, release. Last I heard, September 3rd, 2020. So it's already out. Wow. Tenet is the first post-COVID blockbuster to return to theaters. It says four four hours ago, um, it says launching in U.S. theaters, Tenet tallies $20.2 million. Already? Already. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the only... I mean, people are so excited to go back to movie theaters. They'll see anything. Their budget was... 200 million and they're cool. they're making 146.2 million it looks like by um, wikipedia 
Well, that's must. Well, that's why they want a box office to put so much money into it. They've got to have box office release. They would never make that money back on streaming services. And it came out August 26th in the UK first. Wow. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. So should we go on to uh, priest? Yeah. Yes. So what we wanted to talk about a little bit more in depth is um, our movie of the week. Every week we're gonna talk about a movie, um, whether good, bad, mainstream. Uh, off-brand, who knows? Um, I'm excited for the bad ones. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the bad ones. Um, but this week, um, we decided to talk about a movie called Priest. It was recently put onto Netflix, but it came out in 2011, I believe. Um, it was directed by Scott Stewart and written by Corey Goodmall. And it has Paul Bettany and Lily Collins in it. Um, I think the person who directed it was the uh, Scott Stewart also directed Legion, which also has Paul Bettany in it. That makes so sense. So they've done it. movies together. Yeah. And they're similar. I mean, they're completely different, but like they're also kind of similar, like vibe, I guess. Yeah. I'd Dystopia, say a lot of the shots are... religion, mm-hmm. religious undertone type. Yes. Dark thing. themes. And, yes. Yeah. So Priest is a movie that I have seen probably like a hundred times. I bought it. Uh, I've seen it so many times. We bought it on DVD, like probably as soon as it came out in 2011, 2012. Um, and then when I recently saw it was on Netflix, I got very excited, but Ryan Mm. has only just seen it one time. So I'm very curious the difference. Okay. So then from the top. Yeah. I want to know, I want to know your initial reactions. Okay. So I, I took a few notes, uh, a few notes. He has like a whole like yellow, like notebook full of notes. Um, I liked how the like the opening scene was kind of, was it a dream that he was having? It was the, it was a dream that the main character was having, right? Like a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Flashback. Um, I love the uh, it's a trap sort of trope. I, that That's one of my favorites in action movies. Um, I could also say that this movie should be priest colon. Um, what, what What's a very short way to say um, those scenes where you have the it's like that brother grab where um, somebody's slipping down something and the other person reaches and grabs their hand like right before oh, they fall Oh, and they're like, down. don't let go, but yeah. then they do and then I, they like die. Yes. I, well, it or depends. Something. In this movie, it was every single time that that happened, everything was good. <laughs> like, like they would always pull things up um, just fine. So I liked that intro. He was like, it's a trap. And then... Um, there was that that brother grab I'll call. And then it went to the animation, like that exposition. Yeah, during credits. Yeah. Like, like with the credits and the animation, like trying to like, kind of like historically, like showing, giving you some feedback on what it was, what happened. I really like that stylized, the the way that he they stylized that animation because it almost gave context to the type of scenes you would be seeing throughout the movie Mm -hmm. um because yeah i I think even though it was live action we still got kind of like this action movie heightened almost like a comic book kind of yeah especially like all of the weapons all of the action shots everything is like like close up yeah the blood going everywhere yeah a lot of gore (laughs) i was see i didn't even think i don't think that that movie was that gory Really? <laughs> I've never Do you not remember. Okay, there is the scene like towards the end where um yeah, well, he has what the was head. her name? That too. But wh- what was her name? She was also a priest. 
I don't remember her name, but I know her face. Um, um, yes, the like the female. She wasn't the protagonist in a way, but she was one of the, the priest doctor, members. The protagonist, like main psychic. Mm-hmm. And um, she had the rosary beads yeah. that she like let loose and then wrapped around somebody and then pulled them and then their body just split into like a bunch of different pieces. They literally just called her priestess. Priestess. Yeah. I know she had a name name, but they're not listening at they're okay. listing it. They're just calling well, her priestess. Well, Miss Priestess. Oh, who is she casting? Who, who is Maggie her? Q. Maggie Q. Okay. I, I haven't heard of her or anything else. She looks familiar, though. She was in... What else was she in? She was in Mission Impossible. She was in Fantasy Island. Ugh. She was in Divergent. She was in Balls of really? Fury. Wow. Insurgent and Allegiant. She was in all of them. But yeah, she had those rosary beads and then wrapped it around the last guy. Yeah. And pulled them and he's, his body just split into like a bunch of little tiny pieces. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, but that's not gory. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That is that is gore. <laughs> he turned into little chunks. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't. I don't know. I, I've only ever watched movies like that. So I feel like my perception of what is gory is not. We have different levels, huh? Yeah, apparently. I mean, I was watching this movie when I was like 11. Really? Well, yeah. There's no way. There's no way my, my parents would allow that. Oh, I've been watching movies like that since like from the get-go. It's one of the reasons I'm a film major is like my dad would always watch horror films, vampire, monster, werewolf films when I was like four or five. And my mom would be away at work and she would get worried about me like watching these movies. Um, And so she showed me uh, behind the scenes on how they do special effects makeup. And I thought that that was so cool. And now I'm a film major. And my mom is like, hmm. I might have stimulated that a little bit. Um, and she did, but that's, I mean, now it's like my favorite genre, horror, supernatural, uh, fantasy, Del Toro, Burton, this type style is my favorite. I really like those movies too. I think I bonded a lot with my sister because when my mom would be at work and it would just be my sister, we would watch every movie I wasn't allowed to watch <laughs> around my parents. Right. So I got my good feel for um, whatever horror scary. movie. We would always watch um, a scary movie and then we'd pick out it was when we could go to Blockbuster you remember I didn't um, uh, did you have a Blockbuster we we had a Hollywood video okay do you know what that is they were basically the same thing right they were the same Hollywood video is like off brand Blockbuster so like Blockbuster was like Target and then Hollywood video was like Walmart so like it was like people I don't know it was just a cheaper it was basically it was basically the exact same thing it was just like off brand but um, it was the see the difference is like when you go into Blockbuster you know what you're buying the difference in Hollywood video is we would buy a movie that had completely English like it was an English movie and then the back was in English and so we were like this looks cool and then we put it in and it was in Spanish and we would be like and you couldn't ah. change that no we could only put subtitles on but we would always be like okay well I mean we'll watch it but like we didn't know that this was so yeah like me and my sister we'd go into Blockbuster all the time and um, we'd pick one scary movie and one funny movie so I remember we watched one time Chucky and I think we must have watched it with I think it was a Tyler Perry, Perry movie. That's a good balance. I feel like, yeah, that those 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 pair well together. Also, Adam Sandler and um, very ridiculously made horror movies. Yeah, well like the corn, too. like the corny yes, stuff, like, slasher like, films. Yeah, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, oh, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, okay, so. 
but yeah, so I don't think Priest. I've never once, I wouldn't have put Gory along with Priest. <laughs> but I guess you're not wrong. Like, I guess there is Gore. I just. There was quite a bit. There were a couple scenes that I just looked away. Really? <laughs> yes. There's this scene where um, one of the guys <laughs> is like just cutting off chicken heads. Yeah. That's, that didn't phase you? No. At, at any point? Okay. No. <laughs> I remember because he was like the creepy, like, vampire hybrid man yeah. just like chopping chicken heads for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that scene. There were a lot of colored contacts in this movie. Yeah. Like a lot of um, different lenses. I remember seeing all white, um, all yellow on the main bad guy, yeah. who kind of looked like a mix between um, Brad Pitt and a little Leo. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that from him? Yeah, his name was Cam. His, well, his name was Hit. Oh, wait, no. No, no, no. Black Hat. He was Black Hat. He was played by Carl Urban. Literally never seen him in anything else. But what else? Okay, so what else did you think of the movie? Oh, he was in Star Trek? Okay, sorry. He was? Yeah. Oh. Lord of the Rings, Riddick, Thor Ragnarok. Wow, okay. So I'm just dumb. That's fine. He had a good resume, I'd say. Yeah. Um... I liked how they subtly talked about Cathedral City because you open the scene with a dream and then you go to um, the family who's sitting down to have dinner. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, that's when you see the um, vampires break in. But they don't live in the city. They live out on the farmland. They live out on the farmland. So you get this feeling of, okay, am I going to watch like this? Since it was my first time watching it, I got this feeling. I was like, okay, is this whole thing going to be like a Western or what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to Cathedral City, right. which um, goes from a stark contrast between the Wild West to this like 1984 George Orwell looking dystopian I the future. Look of it. Like the lights yeah. and like the crosses. And mm-hmm. then like when the, um, the I don't know what it was, the Pope, the guy that was in charge, yeah. like he would come on, like everyone would stop and then like pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> on the TVs. And then, and then that was the first time you would see Paul Bettany's. Yeah. Cross. Yes. Yeah. Um, I liked that uh, there was this common point that the uh, main priest said through um, through those TVs all the time, which was to go against the churches, to go against God. Yes. Um, I remember even like from the first time I heard that, I was like, okay, that's going to be like the main theme of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that because I think anyone who's raised religious, I was raised religious. Um, I, I never put it together that um, you could be so controlled by a religion, but um, it was definitely true for the society. And um, I think I, I think it's a good theme to touch upon um, because religion has a lot to do with fear. I think it showed a really good contrast that there is a difference in organized religion and faith that they do not go hand in hand. They don't do not have to go hand in hand. So you can still be religious, but not be a part of organized religion. And I think that was a huge part of what this movie was because yeah. the main characters still were doing what they were doing by God. Right. They were just, but they were going against the church, but they were not going against God. And the church was more of a um, power over the people than it was in any way a um, temple for their religious beliefs. It was, it was an entire. It was the government. Yeah, it was a, it was a police state too. Like everything was. Um, they couldn't leave the city. You would, and you'd yeah. be terrified to do so. Right. So I think that that 
set up for the plot of um, them controlling their society by telling them that there aren't any more vampires in their area. Um, and that they're safe. And that they are safe. Just uh, They have to stay in the city. Yeah. And, and then they were just completely taken out of it. Like they were in disbelief by the end of the movie when he had announced that... It- vampires were still alive. Right. Because he brought the head. Because the whole movie... But then I think it's important to note that the whole reason that he went on this mission was to save... I don't know if we should spoil it. Did you catch what the ending was? It took me a couple times to watch to even really understand, but I was also a kid. Um, Who well, the niece we do, was? We have, to, we have to give some... Okay, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. The niece is the daughter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it was... And you kind of got that feeling when he was on his deathbed at the beginning of the movie. The dad that wasn't the real dad. The dad and uh, the priest were talking and um, he said something like, I, there wasn't a day that went by that I wish he didn't remember you or or I wish he didn't, I wish he forgot about you or something like that. Yeah. And um, I thought that that was an interesting like way to foreshadow that she was um she was indeed like his daughter daughter. and the whole reason that he gave up like he was still present in her life like she he was he just said that he was an uncle instead but he um it was because he was the uh, a priest which in this movie meant basically was synonymous with the vampire slayer like it was their job to go out and kill the vampires and protect the people and they had these cross on their forehead Mm -hmm. and so there's a scene in but now that you know they think all the vampires are dead these priests have like no mission anymore um and they have like this hard like thing with purpose and there's this like the animations of like um the one priest was shown being like the uh, the in a blacksmith because it's a job where he doesn't have to see people because people are like scared of them wary of them because they know they're these like violent that they had to do all these violent acts and so they kind of the rest of society is like scared of these priests now because they don't know what they're capable of who they are and so because there was a whole thing of like remember the little boy was like what's on that man's face and the mom like just rushed him away yeah because they they know what these priests did but now they don't know who they are anymore and they just they're scared of them and he didn't want his daughter living a life where her father was this violent vampire killing man he didn't want that life for her so that's why he gave her up but then but then you know because he's a vampire slayer like i remember she was like my uncle is a priest and she's he's gonna come get you like but um but then the thing that's crazy is like so black hat is that friend is from the flashback did you pick up on that? Uh, from the flashback at the very, very beginning of the movie? Yeah. Uh, no. That's Black Hat. That's him. So how did they end up together? Because or how did they end up like, yeah, together and then they were enemies? So I don't. So the thing was, is I don't I think that he was a priest, but I don't know why he didn't have the tattoo. I think. It, um, but I think that he was one of the people that was supposed to hunt and kill these vampires or they were trying to save him or something. They were friends and he was trying to save him, something like that. And, you know, he lets go of him because and so he thinks his friend is dead. But there, I remember there's this scene where the vampire queen, like if you remember, he's like they're like feeding on him or something. Um, she turns him and makes him like, I think, one of the very first hybrids of human and vampire. And that's why he's so powerful or whatever. And so he isn't dead. He's alive because he was changed 
And that's why he has different colored eyes because he's the hybrid. And so that's why he was able to steal Lily Collins character because he knew it was the daughter. And that's why he knew the secret and was able to like say it because he knew all that because he was Paul Bettany's like best friend. Okay. And so So that that makes so much more sense. Yeah. So that's why when they had like this fight, that's why Paul Bettany's character was like, what? You're. I thought you were you're supposed to be like dead. Like there's like this whole like scene. And he's like and then, you know, his friend is like, you know what? You know, you left me for dead. They saved me and they changed me. And they made me more powerful. And then they have like this whole like fight. You know, it's a great movie. But it is a very subtle thing, though, because that's why I was saying like there's a couple things with the character dynamics that took takes you a couple times watching it to pick up on because they don't outright say like this was my friend. But that's why they have the flashback in there in the beginning so that you would know. I like that. Um, now, since you've seen it a lot of times, how do you think it aged? Like, have you seen it recently? Um, I think the last time I saw it was probably like a year ago. Okay. What do you think of like the the CGI and everything with the tracking on it? How it's standing up to today's. Yeah. I think they did really good. I think so too. Um, I, I wanted to note that there were a lot of scenes with the um, completely CGI like creatures, the vampires, mm-hmm. the the like weird looking. Yeah, they're, we were saying vampires, but like they're not like Twilight, like va- Dracula vampires. Like they are they're like, like beasts. beasts. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, like, what they are. They, um, they definitely tracked that really well with live action, like overlaying that on top. I think that everything was very smooth on that end. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that they had the very stylized introduction just kind of made me ready to watch something that was going to be a, above the action movie like like very dramatic scenes it was really visually appealing too like it wasn't it didn't feel like action in the sense like oh there's another explosion there's another car this chase scene like I feel like a lot of action movies get really repetitive and I find myself like even if there's a movie I really like during the fight scenes I find myself zoning out because I'm like I know what a fight scene looks like but with this movie I don't I mean I've seen it a hundred times and I still don't really zone out on it because they added enough dramatic layers and then enough supernatural layers but without making it corny because they still had this powerful like message of religion yes and you know for for a movie that came out in 2011 it it totally makes sense for um i i think it doesn't get enough credit for the time that it came out um in terms of what they had to work with but yeah the the way that they strung together that sort of storyline with a lot of archetypes that you already have an idea about um i think it plays well into it like the the i know that not everyone has an aspect about religion but for the most part people know what catholicism is like right. from an out at least from an outsider's perspective so like you recognize the cross you recognize like what a a priest looks like or whatever and like, like even even um symbolic things like every cross is um is some sort of weapon for the priest right um the ro- the uh rosary was a weapon for the um the female protagonist toward she she shows up halfway through the movie um and she used rosary beads as a weapon um 
the confession booth at the beginning of the movie, I think was a really interesting way to, because it was more of a login sort of thing for, um, for like people who work there. Yeah. Yeah. Like clocking in hours. Yeah. And I thought that that was an interesting way to show that from the get go, you have questions about the religion because what kind of religion is going to just want in- more information for me f- for them to survive, you know? Yeah. You, you kind of get this weird feeling about it right from there. Well, they were also very like, ain't like, um, antsy about what these priests are going to do with their lives now because they had trained them for this and now they don't have any purpose. So I feel like that's also why they did the check-ins to make sure that they didn't lash out or go against them because, but I mean, they do, (laughs) they go out and they find the truth and tell the people as you know, they should, but no, I don't think it gets like really any credit, especially the fact that Paul Bettany and Lily Collins is in it. Like those are pretty well-known people, but, um, most people I talk to have not seen this movie. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even heard of it. I, I think that if you were to bring up Legion, I would have seen that. I would have I would have known more about it than I did about Priest, which was really interesting. So I liked having a recommendation that was... Something you hadn't really ever heard about. Something I haven't heard about or seen. I vaguely know the actors, but um, it, it's all just fresh. It's a, it's a fresh story. So I, I appreciated that. What do you what do you give it out of 10? I think that if you um, are really into a mix of supernatural and dystopian movies like I am, I would give it like a six or seven. Okay. Um, that's tough. That, that, that is tough. But yeah, six or seven, just because I, I would see it today more as like a series or like some sort of um yeah, I, I could see different seasons coming out of it. That's fair. And there was a lot to kind of flesh out within that, um, however long the, the run time it was. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, it did it did a good job explaining the, the whole plot and, and pacing was, was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of like, now that I think about it, it's kind of like alien, but like with vampires, like the whole like vampire queen, like alien queen and the way the vampire, like, have you seen the movie Alien with Sigourney Weaver? I need to. <gasps> I know it's a classic. I know it's a classic, but I haven't seen it. He I was just staring it. at me with blank eyes as I, I was talking. I was like, so I was like oh, something no. tells me he doesn't know what I'm talking the about. News to you. No, I mean, I, I know the. Do you know what the aliens look like? Yes. Yeah. I felt like that is was kind of similar to what these vampires look like. Yes. Now that I'm thinking about it. Well, because I just recently like binged all the alien movies like you over did. the summer. Okay. So now it's like fresh in my head. I can think about it. But like the idea of like a vampire queen and then like the alien queen and then like the hybrids like i don't well mm-hmm. i if you haven't seen alien i'm assuming you haven't seen prometheus i've seen prometheus actually what? okay yeah i know i know it's surprising and so, and a so lot you of know that makes sense but. but you know that alien is um they are hybrid creatures right from right. of like human and then them mm-hmm. But then it's like they have the vampire hybrid things. So I'm curious if they had any inspiration from Alien at all. I, I find it hard to believe that they didn't. I could tell that throughout the movie, um, there were a lot of things that were kind of put in there either intentionally to expose the story in that specific way. Like maybe that's how the creative director wanted it to be the entire time. Um But I also had a feeling that there were some like action bits that were intentionally from the time that it came from, if that makes sense. Reminiscent of other 2011 movies. Yes. Yeah. Reminiscent of movies that that um, were along the same vein. Well, there's a lot of dystopian movies that were coming out around that time. I think Mm -hmm. I don't I mean, I don't know when Hunger Games and like Divergent and stuff came out, but I think that that was 
It was long. I think it was around that time. Cause it's but they've been out for long enough. It might have. It might have come out after, but. But I think it's a. But it was like a similar theme of that time, yeah. like dystopian type things. Well, because I remember. Definitely. I mean, I think it's because it was 2011, end of the world. 2012 was the first one. So. Oh, after, 2012 was the end of the world, not 2011. Was, uh, in my was brain. The Hunger Games. The first Hunger Games. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was you give it out of ten? I'd give it um probably I'd, I'd give it a seven. I've seen it a lot, so I think that I just have love for it because it reminds me like nostalgically. Um, but when I compare it to movies that I've uh, other movies that I've seen, I would give it like a seven because there's a movie that came out in 1987 called Lost Boys, and that's a vampire movie, and I like that movie more than I like Priest. Interesting. And that came out in the 80s. I mean, they're very different in their storytelling and the idea of what a vampire means, but just thinking of the world of like supernatural movies and comparing it to other supernatural movies. I would give it a seven out of 10, but I would definitely recommend it. I think everyone should watch it. I think it's completely, it's really underrated. And it's on Netflix. So you yeah. Can. Yeah. Well, that's why we, we, I picked it. Cause I was like, they just put it on Netflix. We can watch it. We don't got to buy it on like prime or anything. So yeah, I definitely, I recommend it. I really like it. And I think that it is a good movie. And then people who like religious undertones like me, I just love religious, like supernatural fit. Like if you've seen Legion, you will like priest. If you've seen Constantine, you will like priest. Um, I've seen a few episodes of a supernatural. Would I like uh, priest? Oh, well, like the Winchesters? A few, a few episodes of like the original supernatural. The show. show the um, show. Yeah, I think that you would like it. I think it's very interesting. It just, I think that it just completely changes the idea of what a vampire is and what it looks like. Like the only thing that was consistent is that it like comes out at night. Yeah. Is the only difference is that it's like afraid of daylight. So I think it's good to watch just to see how they broke out of vampire stereotypes. But I would probably put on Constantine before I put on Priest. Or I would put on Lost Boys before I put on Priest. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So we are going to take a break because we've been talking for an hour. Um, <laughs> so we're going to take a small break um, and then we come back. We are going to talk about uh, music. What album are we going to talk about when we come back? We're going to talk about um, a 1975 album called yeah. Notes on a Conditional Form. Yes. The new one that has 22 tracks on it. So, um, yeah, we're going to take a break and we come back. We will talk about that. See ya. We definitely, we took a break. <laughs> we took a long break, guys. We, what time did we stop at? I, I, I couldn't tell. tell you, but like, <laughs> it is now like Sometime 8 p.m. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like definitely been at outside. least an hour. My LED lights are just like hypnotizing me at the, the moment. Take the whole room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I feel like, I feel like our moods have matched up with the ambiance of the room. Yes, yes, yeah. It took a minute. We're there. Okay, so music, huh? How about that? Yeah, I know. I'm so, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited. So, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, new Music Friday for my Spotify followers. Definitely. If you don't have Spotify, what are you doing? Everyone who knows me and has been listening to me back in like my radio days, like knows I'm obsessed with Spotify. Well, what's interesting is that I was always on Spotify like I remember even when, when did it start <gasps> when, when did it become music? popular are you because... gonna come out as an Apple music user no no no. Okay. no 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 don't even worry <laughs> so like my sophomore year of high school junior years when Spotify yeah. came out right um I'd say sophomore sophomore so my junior yeah 
Well, here I can't remember. I, I don't know. But we're the same. I had a lot of. When um, were you were in high school? This is true. Um, a lot of playlists. I was only using Spotify, and that was consistent up until about last year when I joined this friend group that only used Apple Music. Oh. So I was like thrown off key. Red like I, was, flags. I was thrown off for a minute. Yeah. And so I got Apple Music. I paid the student fee, which is like, what, like five bucks a month. I couldn't tell you. And I didn't like it. I did not like it. I, I say the one feature I liked was the scrolling lyrics. And um, that was about it. EQ. Like, I'm, I'm happy that that they have EQ, but like the Apple Music doesn't have much going for it other than the fact that it's you're listening on it's an Apple. iPhone. Yeah, it's Apple. That's so. literally it. It's just like name brand. Mm-hmm. But Spotify but, is so much better. Spotify yeah. is like your best friend. It has everything, and you're not gonna get a release radar on Apple. Like no, Spotify most new music so... I find is on Spotify. Exactly. I that's spend. Where you go. I use Spotify almost as much as I use like Instagram. I'm always on Spotify Good. making new like playlists. Like I love making. I I how many playlists do I have? I literally have over a hundred playlists. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> that are like public. If you want to talk about private, then we have a lot. I think I have. Let's see. It's not showing up in the laptop. Let me put it up on my phone. I have. It's definitely over a hundred. At least like a hundred three. I think. But like public. I View mean, profile. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I have 121 public playlists. 121? <laughs> and they're all, like, very vibey. Like, they're all, like, they all have their own vibe. They all have That's their good. own energy. That's good. They should switch up like that, Yeah, too. so I have 121 moods is what I'm saying. <laughs> At least, at a minimum. Nothing wrong with that. I've been listening to a lot of um, Peep lately, actually. Peep? Little Peep. Little Peep? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. I haven't listened to that much of Little Peep. I haven't either. I honestly... Um, I don't know why I never really listened to him. I just never thought to. And um, recently, one of my friends was like, you know what? I'm really surprised that you don't listen to him. Like, you, he's completely your vibe, Chris. I, like, I don't understand. And so I kind of started listening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I immediately fell in love. And now I've just been, I've been on a peep binge. I listen to him like all day, every single day. And I love him. And I just started listening to him like two weeks ago. And I could probably, I probably know all the lyrics, all the songs already. <laughs> I love him so much. Just Are you- to like when you're getting into an artist you only listen to them like on repeat so you like get the songs down not always not no. usually i i'm not They'll big on the playlist i'm bit. not big on like only, there's a few artists that like i want to listen to everything they have and i like really support them like mm. post malone i is like i'm obsessed with post malone would mm. die for that man love him so much <laughs> um bb rexa listen to everything bb rexa puts out catfish and the bottle man um stuff like that or whatever uh, Mac Miller uh, recently too I've been listening to him a lot recently mm-hmm. I liked his post-mortem album it was really like it was it was pretty interesting to see or like the tracks that came out after yeah listening to old Mac now is really sad like I was listening mm-hmm. to um, I can't remember which uh, uh, Godspeed God, oh my god do you know Godspeed? Like no, I don't. it's literally like he has a line about how he um, is scared of overdosing and someone having to like tell his parents, mm-hmm. tell his mom that he died. Mm-hmm. And you listen to that now and you're like, oh, yeah, that's rough. Um, but yeah. little little peep, he's been like, I don't know. I never really thought that I would be into somebody like that. That whole like goth rap like thing. Like I yeah. love the idea and I mm-hmm. love like. 
I love it, but I never thought I would get into it. But I yeah. was wrong. I <laughs> didn't know myself. I'm obsessed with him. Um, That's good to be surprised like that. Just so good. Just listen to him like every morning, no matter what mood I'm in, sad, ha- happy, hype. Like he mm-hmm. gets me super hype. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I have a whole like playlist dedicated to him now recently <laughs> that's dope because <laughs> i just love him and uh, who who's a new like a recent obsession for you um a recent obsession i or a recent like discovery let me go on my repeat because i have this bad habit of going on to repeat rewind or just the playlist that says on repeat um and just listen and just listening to that one so um when I want to be boring like that, I'll do that. But um, I think the one that I most recently got into, kind of late because I had a couple of friends that told me that um, they were such a good group, Mild High Club. I've heard of them. You heard of them? But I haven't. I agree. I listened. Well, go check out Tessellation okay. by Mild High Club or just the whole album Skip Tracing. Really good. Um, I'd say a band itself that in the last year I got really into was the 1975. And we'll talk about that album. I think that's so interesting that you like just got into them. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I was kind of already making fun of Ryan for this, but before recording, I asked him, I told him that he could pick, uh, since I picked the movie, he could pick the album that we would talk about. And uh, he sent me, he's like, oh, like I know this album. Like if you've ever heard of this band and it's like the 1975, and I'm laughing so I'm like bro I saw them live like friend, like sophomore year of high school like I, I I've been a, on I had a tumbler like, <laughs> like, I'm like I, I was them. a pastel goth kid like a legend <laughs> like I know all this um, but yeah so we are going to talk about oh, okay so yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, New Music of Friday what is very uh, recently released um, this week uh, I think the biggest one is Detroit 2 by Big Sean have you listened to any of it I haven't no I haven't listened to all of it yet um but that's the one that everyone's been talking about all my friends have been talking about it all my friends have been like asking me like oh what's your opinion on it what do you like think like you need to listen to it um the one track that i listened to apparently there's like a track where uh, dave Chappelle is like just talking as i've heard i could be wrong on on new music friday no, no like on detroit too the album by big sean like oh. there's like an interlude but it's like just all right let's, dave do, Chappelle. Some, let's do some investigating <laughs> but like i don't know how much i trust that uh but i I would like to think that like the person in my Friday morning class didn't lie to me but that's what he told me um but there's a lot of like big people on it we've got Nipsey Post Malone Ty Dolla Sign um Anderson Pack, Young Thug Travis Scott Lil Wayne we got some big names on here um I listened I did listen to the one with Post Malone though because my friend sent it to me obviously because I'm like obsessed with Post Malone I love him to death Mm. um it's called Wolves it's good it's very good it's a good song but I cannot wait to um when there's a butt coming but it's not just it's it's just when you know campus life resumes and frat parties start Uh, I can't wait for this song to be on repeat and for all the frat boys to be like bro I get it like I'm a wolf in the pack like like, uh, that's literally what the song is like it's called wolves and it's literally about like them saying like i'm a wolf and like i'm in a pack and like i'm loyal and like all this stuff which like it's good and like bars but also like <laughs> every frat boy is yeah. gonna be like oh you my know, god you know i love it for them yeah yeah so it's I just see. big frat boy vibes um so you're gonna enjoy it now while you can have it to yourself yeah and then when it and, gets picked up everywhere else you're gonna just jump out <laughs> well i love the i mean but i i can't even though because it's post malone you True. know it has a verse on it and that's like that's my 
baby. I love him. And um, and his verse, of course, is incredible because he can do no wrong. Um, (laughs) Never. Um, But yeah, that is going to be a huge. I'm just like waiting for that song. Like, you know, when you just hear a song and you're like, oh, when Sigma Alpha Beta Chai, whatever chai latte chai yeah chai tea fucking whatever <laughs> like gets a hold of it like it's gonna be on repeat um SZA came out with a single that has Ty Dolla Sign on it um have not listened to it cannot wait to listen to it this is the first time I'm looking this is my first look mm-hmm. at New Music Friday so mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say what I'm like super excited definitely. for uh but yeah I mean I love SZA I've definitely been listening to her a lot lately as well do you listen to a lot of SZA? I actually don't. No. I think that you would really like her. Like her album Control, I've been listening to. Um, I really, I, I think that it would sound really good on vinyl. I want to get it on vinyl. Okay. Um, but it's definitely um, women empowering. Like when I listen to Very it, cool. I'm like, I feel like I'm like, yeah, I want to listen to it. Um, we are not going to give any attention to Six Nine. Um, yeah, no. Thank you. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah, but, no. Um, uh, Christina Aguilera is singing Reflection from the new Mulan. Really? That's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> we're both just staring Whoa. at each other yeah, like, like oh, I'm not expecting that. But we were talking about Mulan earlier yeah. and how they were redoing yeah. the music. I didn't think that meant that Christina Aguilera was going to be singing Reflection. The I like mean, Reflection, that's like the most iconic. That's like one lie. of the most I'm, iconic. I'm going to listen to it. No, for sure. Absolutely. I just didn't think like, I don't know. I feel like it's a very random call to make. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like when they did... Um, uh, why am I forgetting his name? I love him. Um, um, Tyler, the creator for mm. <laughs> Cringe. Ah, I remember when he was, did it. Yeah, home. that was definitely the surprise. Yeah, I, I have that same like initial reaction. Like, it's like, wait, hold on. Hold on. I mean, like, I get it. Like, the voice is beautiful, but mm-hmm. also, like, that's not what I, I didn't think we were going in that direction. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> what a time we live in. <laughs> no, but another weird combination is I'm assuming you know Love. Yes. Yeah, I you give I would assume. Um, his new song is with Tyga and Josh six eighty five. I have no idea who Josh six eighty five is. I've never heard of them before, but we know Tyga. How could you not? He's a cyborg. Josh six eighty five. Yes. <laughs> but I, I don't think I'd ever see the day where Love collaborated with Tyga. I mean, everyone says these are unprecedented times. But yeah, I mean, he did that. He did the song with Troye Sivan that was incredible, and their like voices matched really well. Mm-hmm. The um, "I'm So Tired." Yeah. Um, I can. I notice when um, I like when hip hop and and more um, beats that are related to to. I think the newest beats that come out. Indie, indie, or like soft pop. Um, soft pop, anywhere from there to. I think it's even, called bedroom pop. Yeah, I I like when they have a sound that's very unique, unique and pushing the boundaries of what what you would expect to happen, or like melodic lines being very um, jarring to what you're playing or to what you're hearing. And we'll talk about that when when we talk about the 1975 album, because um, I had a lot of points about things just kind of coming together that you didn't expect to. Um, I think that's a common theme from music that's coming out today. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they're doing a lot of genre mashing. Are you, do you listen to Machine Gun Kelly at all? I've heard a couple of his songs, but 
no. but you haven't like been following him or whatever. I think I've been listening to him since probably like 2016, 17 now for a while, which um, I honestly didn't even really think it was that long ago until like now that I'm thinking about it. But I've been listening to him for a minute, probably since I think I think I got put on him when his single The Breakup came out. Um, and so he's done like a lot of lot of rap. Uh, when I had my radio show, I covered his beef with Eminem, which also I love Eminem. Like I, I love Eminem. Like would die for that man. But um, the, the way I feel about Post Malone is the way that I feel about Marshall Mathers. <laughs> but um, but I also but I also love MGK. So I remember when the beef was happening, I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I love them both. But MGK has been turning very um, like punk rock like pop rock punk rock just completely like shifting out of rap and i love it i love it so much i think it fits him i think that he's so much happier like you can just tell like through his music that he loves it that he loves what he's doing he seems happier on like social media he's in a relationship now like it just it, it was like he found his voice like he found his sound i love and, when artists have that ability to explore what they really want to be doing instead of having the voice of of the management the management yeah well that's what happened with posty too is he like he wants to like he did a lot of rap kind of just like to break into it because he was good at it but he's talked multiple times about how he wants to break into rock and like folk and like stuff and like he wants to do a folk album at some point yeah Yeah, and so like um well that's why i feel like hollywood's bleeding was so controversial because so many people were like this isn't like post but it was like well okay no tea no shade but like if you were a real post fan you would know that this sounds exactly like what he wanted to do this has been what he's been wanting to do is experiment with different genres different artists also the fact that he um collaborated with uh um the guy who uh sang crazy train what ozzy osbourne yeah he collaborated with ozzy osbourne did he really on hollywood's bleeding did you know listen hollywood's bleeding no <gasps> you have to listen I, know, to it. I know no it's so good no he collaborated with ozzy osbourne and i think that he's going to end up collaborating with green day because he posted a photo with billy uh billy joe armstrong and I love Green Day. Been listening to them since I was a child. I love them too. Yeah. This is good news. So Posey and Green Day, can you imagine? I like this. But I like this. I see a lot of like rap and punk rap and rock is starting to like merge. And I am so here for it. It's like my favorite genre. I'm obsessed with it. But yeah, so MGK has been doing very punk lately. And it's completely different, but it also like it just fits him so well. Like, no, I don't think like when I hear it, I'm not like, who is this man like this is an mgk i'm just like i love this yeah so that's completely different unconventional different than what he typically does and i'm sure his fans are probably like what the hell but there's so much genre mashing going on so like love and taiga yeah that is crazy which i think is a pretty good segue for us to talk about the album yes yeah yes okay so the 2020 release of Notes on a Conditional Form by the 1975 is going to be the first album that we're going to talk about. And um, I think it would be fair just to start with the opening track, the uh, self-titled The 1975 on the new album. What, what are and your thoughts? And it's Greta is on it talking, right? Yeah, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Um, I It's five minutes. Um it's just basically her just talking for five minutes, right? With um, soft like background. Well, right. There's there's music in the back, but it's mostly like her monologue, and it definitely is kind of puts you into like what the album is gonna 
go into or at least what the 1975 like Maddie Healy's like stance on everything is um, if you follow them on social media you would know that they're very like politically like vocal but I think to put this album out is incredible I love when musicians do that I mean I feel like especially in this genre like to be indie alternative punk whatever you want to call it whatever I mean I know they're not punk they're more indie but it all falls under the alternative umbrella alternative I think people forget is a very political music genre like it's like what one of the forms on why it started I mean you look at Green Day American Idiot and like Youngblood is incredibly and he's from London he's incredibly incredibly political and like people always forget that and so I really liked that they are reminding us that music can be political like the idea of it being controversial because people are like well why bring politics into music it's like well because music is expression right and and i think it's expression and it's also their opportunity to express how they feel about what's going on because it's not i don't think he would talk about politics if it wasn't a relative like a completely relevant thing but the fact that because every one of the 1975's albums start with the um, track by their own band name so every single album will start with the 1975 but um, the other three albums feature um, the same song that just kind of improves over each album right like it's the same lyrics same melody um but same this idea one's just com- modulated yeah and this one is completely different and um i think it really reflects our heightened senses because this came out post quarantine but they were working on this before um well before it happened so um i think you kind of get that feeling of um growing tension and then, you know, there are a couple of lineups with this feeling of not wanting to be socializing with people. And, and then for it to come out after that, you it, it, it has a very like eerie feeling. Um, the messages are very um, forward thinking, very progressive thinking. And it's a bold choice. But you were saying that alternative like that's that's the point of making alternative music is you want to have full creative freedom to talk about the things that really matter to you. And whether that's a good melody line, but whether it's just a good sounding song or it's a flat out message, um, I, I think that both are very important to show. And I think that this album really showed that. No, I agree. And it's not even just like political climate. It's also just like, I mean, you see all like the, the memes or whatever, like 2020 is just biz the world is just the year of just just what the hell is going on this year. Yes. And so it's not even just so we've got notes on a conditional form. We've got quarantine by Blink-182. We have um, then F-2020 by Avenue B. I don't know if you've heard that song. It's I think you would like. I recommend everyone go listen to it. It's very, it's, it's a, it's a relevant song about 2020, but it's not as political. So it's a little bit softer um, to think about it, but it's literally, she's just like, she's talking about like my cat died and like this happened and like, and now I'm in in a global pandemic took over my life. And it's just her talking about 2020 and her experience with it. But it's literally just like the chorus is F20. It's like fuck 2020. And that's literally, I I mean, I have a painting in my room that I painted where it's literally like F2020 and like, yeah, it, it was, it was a year that I'm sure we all had some sort of struggle to go through. And, and I like hearing other people's, experiences throughout it because yes it's something that affected everybody but it's affected people in different ways so i I like seeing it in art um 
especially with, you know, when I have days where I just want, I I, want to reflect on it and think about how much it it is a big deal of what's going on. And so once you're isolating yourself and you're inside, you, it's not like, it's not like you get bored instantly and you, you find ways to pass the time, but there is a level of, of just feeling like all of these things are going on around you and all these crazy things are happening and I can't do anything about it and I can't do any way to it. I can't escape it in any way because that's all I see everywhere. That's every piece of media I'm taking in. Um, but I do appreciate the people who say that there's something that you can do. And um, to go back to the album at hand, um, I think that although they weren't prepared for what had happened, um, I think we received this album at a good time because it talked about what we can do to affect the environment, how um, how we can really get understanding about global events and uh, what's actually true and why things are so political. I I liked seeing all of that um, put into an album because it's like Maddie Healy is the um, genius behind the band and he he writes all of the songs for it. And I I think he has an interesting perspective about um, the role of activism and um, how things are unfortunately very political even though you have good intentions at heart and you um, actively want to help society and actively want to help the environment with hearing information so um the next track after the 1975 is people which talks a lot about um the rage that is kind of built up with constantly having information thrown at you and having people um just kind of want to advertise towards you and it talks about how um there's this global market for young interesting people who um should who who the market is targeting itself towards so he he just talks about how people like people they want alive people the young surprise people um and talks about how it's important to realize how much you're affecting young people by just wanting to throw information at them Mm -hmm. left and right no i completely agree yeah we're in a complete like this is the generation of bombardment of information at all times constantly 100 percent. and well i mean i feel like and you get so numb to it you scroll past it you scroll past petitions you scroll because you see 800 of them everything just wants your attention maddie again talks about the role that fame has in people asking your like what do you okay so what are you going to do about it like Mm -hmm. how are you going to show your activism well you obviously don't know a celebrity well you just collect what you would yeah what what they want you to know and what they reveal so um this is him revealing like his what he, his thoughts and his activism. This is his activism. Exactly. And um, there's this track. I'm kind of skipping down a little bit, but it's called Nothing Revealed, Everything Denied. Um, it, yeah, it talks about that exact thing. If you are going to, if you're not going to reveal parts about you to, um, if you have, a, okay, so say you are famous, say you have a platform. How exciting. You, yeah, right. <laughs> How terrifying as, at the same time, too. Yeah. Because I everyone mean, judging you all the time. Yeah. And they don't know, they don't know your intentions, but, um, 
you have to make sure that you're you're doing everything that you say that you believe in and that you should speak up your mind and that's a dangerous thing when uh everybody has access to throwing information again their opinions at people and um i think a lot of problematic things happen when um just digging occurs and people just want to like oh and cancel culture yeah (laughs) yeah and and not to say that cancel culture is is bad in any way um i just think there are some aspects of it that um just want to immediately just ruin somebody's career just to ruin their so yeah that's what that track talks about if you don't reveal anything about yourself then you can deny everything and that's where it becomes tricky because then you don't know if you're living a lie or not yeah um another song that kind of talks about um political stances and things like that um is this kind of funny song called roadkill mm. so you check that mm-hmm. one out yeah i like roadkill. very country right uh-huh i um first time hearing it i was like wait this is not the ni- this is the 1975 right this is a 1975 song and i have to convince myself of that but i really liked it it, it had a point where it talked about um but I gotta get it you're remember. remembering the exact the, lyrics the lyric is um oh I took shit for being quiet during the election maybe that's fair but I'm just a busy guy yeah they people just want to ask celebrities what they think about the world and what they what their stance is on political things when they should just be well they're people like yeah they're just like us they're just like us they're yeah, stressed you they're just have, as confused exactly and you should 100% just have your own um, opinion about something you know you don't have to completely agree with what somebody believes within reason he's also not a American. Right. So asking him, like, I like his involvement in American politics is admirable, but I think that people forget that it's not his responsibility. Exactly. He doesn't have to do it. It's it not, is, it really it isn't. isn't his problem. Exactly. Um, I kind of want to also just talk about um, the sounds of this album because it is such a diverse. I mean, it, like I said, there's Roadkill, which sounds like it's a country song. But then um, they had songs that still were very consistent with 1975, mm-hmm. like with their sound, like Me and You Together song. Yes. I want it probably one of my favorite on I the love album. That. And it almost sounded like a 90s sort of song too, like an Oasis song in a way. It it, it was very reminiscent. Uh, me and You Together song reminded me of like the 1975 film like 2013 or I like mm. it when you are asleep for you are um, so beautiful beautiful but yeah so unaware of mm-hmm. it like that's what me and you together sign and then um, and then uh, frail state of mind I like that one too those sounds were so reminiscent to 1975 and who they are and what they sound like do you have a favorite off this album off of the notes on a conditional form I'd have to say I really do have to say me and you together song I don't know if that's a mainstream answer but I really like that song I it might just be because that was one of the first ones that I heard on it Um, I just remember it coming out at a perfect time yeah because it made me think um with their stance on what is happening with the environment it made me think about how this is a situation that everybody's in. We're all in this together. So why don't we work together on something that would help our situation instead yeah, of just absolutely. wallow in, in all the 
shit that's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Something and then, proactive and positive. Yes. And then at the same time, you have those fun songs that you want to listen to. Yeah. And I, I think for that reason, it's like... It, A good it, album. It, it encompassed my summer because it pulled me out of like really difficult head spaces that I was in. And then at the yeah. same time, nudged me in a place where it's like okay well you are okay but you also need to pay attention to what's what's really going on and not really take what people are saying online for 100% face value because of the messages that it has the the escapism that you feel when you're listening to it it's just like it's one of those albums that I I know I won't leave, let leave my library anytime soon mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good album. Um, what's your favorite song on it? Mine was Me and You Together song. What was your um, one of your favorites? So the one that I kind of nerded out over before <laughs> the album came out was a live version of If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know. Mm. And there's something about this 80s, not R&B, it was like 80s dance. It sounded like an 80s dance track. Yeah. Um, kind of like the one that you showed me that you're going to recommend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll show that one later. Same but, yeah, if you're too shy, let me know. It, 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 the lyrics are a lot to do with like what's going on today. The um, verse starts out with, I see her online all the time. <laughs> so I think that that's pretty accurate to the timing because you can only see people online. Right now, yeah. In the quarantine. So the little green dot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, the green dot of anxiety over your, over your computer. Um, it's the modern day Grey Gatsby, the green light. Right. <laughs> the green light across that's the right. lake is just the active on Instagram. <laughs> um, and then a close second would be shiny collarbone just because of how different it is. It's, mm, it's mm-hmm. um, there's not really the typical lyric structure to like, like you, you could tell that it wasn't like verse chorus and these are the lyrics. It, it was more of like this culmination of what he wanted the song to sound like. And I don't know. I, I like when bands have that sort of freedom to be experimental in that way and, and to make sounds that you wouldn't necessarily expect to hear from a band, but you're pleasantly surprised regardless. Now we're going to talk about our um, song wrecks. Yeah. So we each picked. I picked one. And then I picked one. And then I think we have a mutual one. Okay. The Black Star Kids one. I yes. think we can both mutually agree on. So let's start with that one. The Black Star Kids. Okay. It's. um. Oh, I just had it up. Okay. So if you guys don't know Black Star Kids, they're relatively new. I think. I think they only have like honest, like a couple thousand followers on Instagram. Like they're still kind of small, which is crazy because they're so talented. Looks like they have um, 126,000 monthly listeners and they sound awesome. Like really check them out. Yeah. So um, the one that we're going to recommend is called Sounds Like Fun. Mm -hmm. That is just summer, like put your, put your windows down, vibe in your car, drive like super fast on the freeway, um, dance around your room. Super fun vibes. I love their sound. Again, it's something that you, um, it's a sound where it's almost like you're blending this like flow that like rap has sometimes. And then you're mixing that with, um, I don't know, like punk rock. Yeah, no, I was literally, it's like, it's like the way you're on the same, I think you're on the right path, like rap flow, but pop energy, but punk rhythm and a little bit of sound yeah and so it's just like it's literally it's just 
oh, like it's just perfect for I think anyone of any genre could enjoy it. Um, and they they have a new song called Britney Bitch. Um, and they're very big on like the whole like 90s like aesthetic, early 2000s aesthetic, which I love because me too. Um, but yeah, definitely they're just so much fun. And then Love Star Girl, I also really like. Um, but Sounds Like Fun is their second most popular song. Now they, I mean, Britney Bitch is gonna be their most. It was the most recent. It's gonna be their most popular. But sounds like fun. Definitely listen to it. It's a vibe. Dance around in your room. Yes. Like put it on. Dance around it with your room, and just like all your anxiety will go away. Yes. <laughs> For the most part, cured I think anxiety. Good job, Black Star Black Kids. Black Star Kids, you cured my anxiety single hand. Yes, <laughs> Please come on the show. We love you. <laughs> Hey, we'd um, love that. We'd yeah. love that. So definitely listen to them. Um, your recommendation. Should I do mine? Okay. Yeah. So this one's from an artist. His name is AK Paul. Um, it looks like his only releases, he only has three singles out right now. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, he's got 199,000 listeners. But this track that dropped on July 27th of 2020, it's called Be Honest. And I played like a couple seconds for Carissa. Oh, I loved it. And um, obsessed. I think something that I took away from that is like this R&B sound, but and then you throw some synths on top of it. You, yeah, you said it's like '80s, but like not. Yes, like you have '80s synths, but they're they're going in at um, like this rhythm that's very modern. So I, I liked how it's just again playing with different nostalgic feelings, and then also playing with different um, genres. Kind I'd of say like when we say '80s, when we say '80s, I think like disco tempo. Yeah, is like what we're I think like that disco like vibe i'd say like but not disco like bgs right, <laughs> but like, right. like beginning of 80s kind of like that two-step sort of sort yeah. of sound to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm with you on that i liked Huey lewis for that reason like Huey lewis in the news mm-hmm. if you were listening to him um they're calling it electropop electropop i think that's pretty accurate do you agree yeah, yeah. I like that it's like a slow jam, but it's got those poppy, like, this is a song you want to listen to in your car, like pretty loud. I feel like that's all of the, the yeah, or both of our song recs are pretty, pretty similar in that vibe. Um, mine is by uh, Gene Dawson. Honestly, I recommend everything by him. He's incredible. Um, if you listened to me before when I was solo, I recommended one of his songs uh, called Bruise Boy. And that came out, I think, towards the beginning of the year. And I was obsessed with it. That is more like kind of same like Star Kids vibe, like good summer, listen to your car, dance around. The song that I'm going to recommend also is, but it's different. So Bruce Boy, I think, is more like the entire song. Okay. Like it's the same. It's very similar, uh, easy structure of dancing, very summer, good, good feeling, like hanging out with your friends. But the one that I'm recommending is called Power Freaks. It's one of his newest songs. It's a single. And I played it for Ryan and it starts... The way that it starts is not the way you expect right. where it'll you go. You have no idea it starts, where it's going to go. Like when you start it, it starts pretty like mellow and like pretty. And you're like, oh, this is like a nice to vibe. Yeah. And then like a minute, like 45 seconds to a minute <laughs> in, you're like wanting to like rage in somebody's basement. Yes. And yes. Like- I got like a pop punk vibe. But like if it were to be processed through these. R&B. Yeah. R&B, indie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And yeah, so he is under alternative indie. 
they call Gene Dawson alternative slash indie. Gotcha. And he's still relatively small. I don't think he has that many uh, followers. He has 157,000 monthly listeners, hmm. which is insane. I feel like he should be way bigger. Like he's like so, I don't know. He just comes out with banger after banger. Um, so definitely listen to everything. But the official recommendation, I guess, is Power Freaks. Sounds like fun by Black Star Kids, Power Freaks, Gene Dawson. Be Honest by AK Paul. Yes, those are our three recommendations. And we have a playlist. It's under my account. It's, uh, I think you can start one too, though, if you want. Okay. Um, under Spotify. So my user is Carissa L. Wade. And your, what's your user? Uh, mine is you know? Ryan Henderson. You'll yes. see a picture of a dude playing guitar. <laughs> it's literally just her names. Um, but we'll have a playlist of all these songs culminating yeah. every week. We'll add to it of our song Rex. So if you... Please follow it. Yeah. So if you don't want to hear us talk for two hours and only care about our music <laughs> genre, then go to yeah. the playlist. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure eventually we'll have a way for you guys to send us... Um, music recommendations so if you have any if you want us to check anything out just give us a holler music and movies music and movies yeah um and i think that's it i think that's all we have to say i think we've talked enough i got here at five it is now 9 p.m i think it's time to go but this was good i think this was a really good uh first episode i'm very pleased with how it I went i had a good time yeah so um just check us uh, next week. Be sure to follow so and so that you know that we are coming up. You get the little notification. Um, but yeah, <laughs> thank you for the sound effects. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your, your week and weekend, and we will catch you next week. Okay, okay goodbye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>